Let's continue with our sermon series, Eats with Sinners. Uh, today, the topic is tolerance. Tolerance. Interesting how different we can be from each other, isn't it? We're, very, you know, we're the same. We got two arms, two legs, uh, two eyes, two ears. Um, uh, a lot of us as humans are the same, but we we are certainly very different from each other, and, and thank goodness for that. Uh, human beings have a great capacity to be different from each other uh, when it comes to life choices, things that we enjoy, things we do, skills that we have, interests that we pursue. You know, we can be so different from each other. For example, raise your hand if you are a cat lover this morning. Raise your hand if you're a cat lover. Let me see. Now, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. All right, we got some cat lovers out there. All right, okay. All right. Uh, now, raise your hand if you're not so much a cat lover. Okay. okay. About the same. About the same. Okay. Brian is, yeah. Okay, we get it, Brian. We get it. You don't like cats. <laughs> um, I'll have to say that I find myself among cat lovers. I'm, I am a cat lover. Uh, and I know for some that's not the manly thing to do is to love cats. I understand that. Uh, but I was raised in a home with a cat. Uh, her name was Tammy. And, uh, and like my mother and my grandmother before her, uh, I came to love cats. Uh, today, Jack and I have a female cat named Sophie. We've had her about six years. And recently, we gained another cat, a kitten, named Max. Uh, about three months ago, while I was sitting in my office at, at my desk, I heard this high-pitched screeching noise uh, outside my window. It sounded like, I said, that sounds like a kitten meowing. Uh, and so I went outside to investigate, and I found this little fella. Uh, go back, go back to the big This little fella here uh, uh, behind my air conditioner unit. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was scared to death and was meowing his head off. Um, so I, I went to my truck and I got my leather work gloves because I knew that cats can bite. Uh, and I didn't know anything about this cat. So I got my leather work gloves, uh, taking all the necessary precautions to try to pick it up. Um, when I tried to pick him up, I realized that leather gloves are useless when it comes to kitten sharp teeth. Uh, and he bit me on my thumb, and man, did it hurt. Um, eventually, though, I got him out, and uh, immediately, immediately he calmed down because he was just scared, uh, and he soon started purring. Uh, he was about five weeks old at the time. I took him home, and Jackie quickly fell in love with him. <laughs> uh, we talked about finding a home for him. In fact, I talked to some of you all on Wednesday night. You know, who wants a kitten? Who wants a kitten? Uh, but before long, we knew that Max, because none of y'all took him, we knew that Max was there to stay. And Jack, you know, Jackie and I love cats. Now, many people, as I saw, do not love cats at all. My father did not love cats. He just didn't. I remember when I was a kid, my dad never called our cat by her name, Tammy. He called her Cat. He'd say, Cat, get out of here. Or, Cat, move out of the way. One time, Tammy uh, messed up in the tub, and he picked her up, and he 
toss her out the front door into the yard. Cat, get out of here. But even though my dad did not like Tammy, he tolerated her. He tolerated her. And, and he did that for one reason and one reason only, because he loved my mom. <laughs> dad tolerated the shedding and the expense and the litter box because mom loved cats and dad loved mom. To show his love for mom, that dad would do, do things for Tammy, like he would take her to the vet when that was, was needed. One, on one occasion when dad carried Tammy to the vet, uh, when he got out of the car at the vet's office, uh, Dr. Dees over in, in Edenton, I don't know if you remember Dr. Dees, AJ's from Edenton. Um, uh, when he got out of the car with Tammy to go to the vet office, and I guess this was before cat carriers or cat crates, he was holding Tammy in his arms to go to the vet office. And, and to get to the vet, vet office from the car, he had to, to walk past several outdoor kennels filled with dogs. Now, it just imagine one of those Sylvester cartoons. You know, when Sylvester's got to walk by the yard when there's a hundred bulldogs in there. You, you remember that cartoon? Uh, <laughs> as Dad walked by these kennels holding Tammy, when the dogs saw Tammy or smelled her or whatever, all of them started barking at the same time and growling and trying to get to her. And as you can imagine, this scared Tammy half to death and she, she panicked. And, and, and her instinct was to escape, to get out of there. And she went to the only place that she could go on top of dad's head. And as she scrambled up to his head, she scratched him all, all the way up. His face, his shoulders, his neck, his head. <laughs> as she scrambled to his head, Dad held on to her the best he could by just holding on to her foot. And she did not escape. And we've laughed about that story. If only we had a video of Dad trying to hold on to that cat who was on top of his head. Um... We've laughed about that for many years, but it demonstrated to us how much Dad loved Mom. Even if he didn't think so highly of Tammy, Dad tolerated the cat lovers in our family because he loved his family. You know, one thing I've learned about people is that our value is not defined by our preferences, the things we like and enjoy. Um, while we are alike in many ways, we are all different in many, many ways. Yet no matter how different we are, even we are, even if we're one of those dreaded cat lovers, we all are precious in the sight of God. In his book, Eats with Sinners by Aaron Chambers, which is basically a study of the Gospel of Luke, um, Aaron identifies tolerance as something that many Christians find difficult to have towards others. You know, as he put it, uh, some Christians don't seem to want anything to do with anything to do with anything that has the word tolerance in it. <laughs> the issue with tolerance among Christians doesn't have anything to do with cats. Tolerance among Christians is an issue when it comes to people and the sin they commit. Depending on the sin, sometimes 
Christians, while correctly being intolerant of sin, fail to tolerate the sinner who is committing the sin. This series has been about seeking to be like Jesus. Loving like Jesus loved. And one of the things that we see in Jesus throughout his ministry is that while he never ever tolerated sin in people's lives, he was tolerant of sinners. Especially sinners who were far from God and who needed God's grace. You know, a great example of this is found in the story of a sinful woman who encountered Jesus at a meal that he was having with one of the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders. Uh, Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to eat with him. Simon had no problem eating with Jesus because Jesus was an, an equal to him. He was a fellow faithful Jew. But during the meal, however, a, a woman who was not a faithful Jew came to meet Jesus there at Simon's house. And here's what happened. Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 50. Luke 7, 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. You know, while the, this passage doesn't get specific about what her sin was, uh, uh, generally we, we think that it's probably prostitution. She probably was a prostitute. Um, and this woman, hearing about Jesus, hearing about his teaching, hearing about his miracles, hearing about the way he treated people like her, and, and probably feeling bad about her own sinful lifestyle, realizing that it was sinful, she decided to come to Jesus to honor him. And she did this in a very unique and special way. She did this with her own tears to moisten his feet, and then wiping them, not with a towel, but with her hair. And then she anointed his feet with a very expensive perfume. Now, in the first century, washing feet was a big deal. Um, washing feet, especially for guests who came to your house, was a big deal. Back in those days, people, everybody wore sandals. And so, you know, when you're, and the streets were dirt. Uh, no sidewalks, no concrete sidewalks. And so uh, your feet were constantly filthy. Uh, and so, and you, you know how, how yucky your, your feet feel when they're dirty? Uh, and how, how wonderful it feels when you clean them? You know, and so that was a big thing back in that day. When you went to somebody's house, the host would often uh, ha have some way for people to wash their feet. Sometimes the host would do it for you. Well, Simon did not do this for Jesus. He did not offer uh, to wash Jesus' feet. But this woman came and, and not only offered to wash his feet, but did it with her tears and with her hair and with expensive perfume to anoint. Jesus knew exactly who this woman was. He knew without a doubt what her sinful lifestyle was. He didn't need to be told. 
Yet without hesitation, without hesitation, he welcomed her in his presence. Now he did not welcome her sin. He did not condone her lifestyle. But he did welcome her. Simon, on the other hand, did not welcome her at all. Now, Simon's the religious leader of that community. Verse 39, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, saw her washing his feet, coming into his house, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. And Simon suffered from something that many Christians have suffered from. Intolerance of people who are sinners. Intolerance of people who are sinners. Forgetting that he himself was a sinner. As all human beings are. Simon thought that because he identified himself as a faithful Jew, he must then reject anyone who is not a faithful Jew. And not only must he re reject her and her sin, prostitution, which of course should be rejected, he must also reject her. To him, the two were one and the same. If you reject the sin, you must re reject the sinner. Her sin was not tolerated, therefore she must not be tolerated. And this was not the way Jesus looked at things at all in his ministry. Uh, this is not the way he looked at this woman. As always, Jesus, yes, rejected her sin. Sexual immorality is wrong in all of its forms. Sexual Im Im immorality is wrong. It should never, ever be tolerated. Never condoned. But Jesus welcomed the woman. Jesus understood that this woman was not her sin. She was a sinner, yes, but she was not sin. No matter the woman's lifestyle, Jesus loved her. She was precious to him. This woman came to Jesus broken, looking for forgiveness, ready to change, ready to change. And Jesus was ready and did forgive her. Verse 47 through 48, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, Jesus said, they are many, has been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. And then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. You know, Simon, who thought he was above this woman, would have never welcomed this woman in her in his presence. He would have never considered trying to help her. He would have never tried to guide her to God's word, to God's love. To Simon, this woman was scum. And because of her sin, she should never be tolerated. And here's what Jesus understood. As, as Aaron Chambers put it, sinners should always be allowed in our presence. It's their only hope. It's our only hope for reaching them if they're in our presence. 
You know, our goal in the series is, is, is to be motivated to seek intentional relationships with people that we know in our lives who are far from God. People who, who need God's grace. They don't know God's grace and they need it. In, in the intentional relationship, the plan will be, as we become their friend, when the time is right, we're going to share the message of Jesus with them and hope that by doing that, they'll accept God's grace, God's forgiveness, and make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And if we hope to do this, there are several key ingredients that we learn from the Gospel of Luke that, that we must include as we develop these relationships. And we've listed them. We'll list them again. Integrity, accessibility, grace, faith, intimacy, we talked about last week. Remember, we're building a relationship with all of these ingredients that are needed if we want the best results in that relationship. A friendship that leads to salvation. So don't just throw the ones that we talked about off last week and forget about them so we can make room for the, the new one this week. Let's, let's keep them stored up. Uh, uh, we can call it our intentional relationship file. We can use them each day and go back and review them as we're working in, in, our, in developing these relationships. We can go back and listen to past sermons. They're all on, on, on podcasts on the, face, on, the, on, the, on the church website. You can go back and, and review them. Um, at the end of this series, I'm going to make a little card and put them all on there with the scripture passages beside each one of them that we can keep in our wallet or keep in our Bibles. Um, let's... let's Gather all these ingredients together and keep them and think about them and review them. Tolerance is the next key ingredient. How can we ever hope to reach someone who is far from God if we automatically reject them because of their sin? Sin should never be tolerated, but sinners should always be tolerated. Now, I, lo I know we live in, a, in an upside-down world. <laughs> uh, we live in a world where uh, up is down and down is up and the sky is green and, and a boy is a girl and a girl is a boy. And, and, and we better not question it either. Because if we do, we'll be called a bigot and we'll be canceled. As Christians, we know that the Bible, God's word, is our source of truth. And, and that truth often, in fact, the Bible even warns us, it's going to contradict what the world says is true. And that's frustrating, I know, as we hear that. But in the midst of all this confusion are precious souls that need Jesus. Even those who are confused about what's up and what's down and what's a boy and what's a girl, they're a precious soul that needs Jesus. Their only hope for eternity is Jesus. If we reject them, like Simon did, because of their sinful choices or what they believe is true, uh, then their only hope is lost. We must be like Jesus and welcome the person who needs God's grace. People can change. This woman, hopefully she changed. Um, and anyone can change. This, this woman was ready and, and Jesus was ready and did forgive her 
for her sinful choices. But if it had been up to Simon, <laughs> she would have been cast out in the street as a hopeless call. And she would have never known God's forgiveness. People can change. But for many, and this is the key, before any change can happen in their life, they need to experience God's love. And we Christians are the face of God's love. And if we automatically reject someone because of their sin, what's their interpretation going to be of that? It's going to be, God's people reject me, therefore God must reject me. We're all sinners who sin, every single one of us in this room. But we know we are not sin, are we? Despite our sin, God loves us. God died for us. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's what Jesus did for us. And all of us now here who know God's grace, uh, one day we, uh, in the past, we were like this woman, weren't we? Yet despite our sin, God loved us, God tolerated us, God forgave us. So who are we to not love a sinner? Zarin Chambers said, who died and made us sinners? God. No one. Who died to make us sinners? Godly. God's son did. God loves sinners. Not sin, not sin, but sinners. You know, interestingly, in Dad's later years, he came to love cats, believe it or not. Here's a picture of Dad with his buddy Patrick sitting on his desk helping Dad write a sermon. <laughs> I, I would say to Dad, who are you and what have you done with my dad? For some reason, Dad learned to love cats, the very thing that he once did not love. Now, you and I can do the same thing in our life. Yes, people's lifestyles, their habits can be different from ours, and they can sometimes even be sinful lifestyles and habits. But if we can look at them the way that Jesus looked at them, while we may not love their choices, we can learn to love them. Here's why intentional relationships need a healthy dose of tolerance. People can change. People can change. But they need to first experience God's love. People experience God's love through you and me. Through God's people. There is a person in your life and my life that believes that the sky is green. So, and right there, insert uh, whatever sin that tempts you to not tolerate them. People believe, there's a person in your life that believes the sky is green. You know it's blue. It's obvious that it's blue, but they have a passion that it's green. Here's what we do. Let's separate the sin from the person for now. For now. And just love them. 
just love them. Welcome them. Reach out to them. Meet a need that they have. Let them know that you care about them. At least for now. At least for now, don't talk about religion and politics. <laughs> That's not going to help. Just treat them like Jesus would treat them. As a precious soul who needs God's grace. Don't compromise your faith. Don't pretend that you think the sky is green like they do. No, just, uh, just live out what you believe. What you believe is the truth. Continue to live it out. And the truth for that person is to just love them. Just love them. And then, hopefully, the time will come when they know that you genuinely care about them, then you can have an honest conversation about God, about His Word, about His love, about what color the sky is. It's not about winning an argument. It's not about proving that we're right. It's about loving a sinner like us. Loving them like Jesus did. Father, I thank you so much for this great example of your wonderful son, Jesus, who did not look at people the way we often look at them, based on who they are and what choices they've made. But he looked at each person as a precious soul because that's what they are. And every person that we that we encounter in our lives as a precious soul, no matter who they are, no matter what choices they've made, no matter what road they're on, help us to see them the way you see them. And seek to love them. Lord, we, we won't be able to change everybody, and some people will think the sky's green no matter what. But uh, we can at least love them and help them see the love of Christ through us. And then... Maybe, hopefully, prayerfully, we can have a conversation with them about your word, about your love, uh, and help them see the truth. Father, I thank you for this great lesson of Jesus with this woman. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you need the love of Christ and God's grace, maybe you don't have it yet, uh, we would love to have you come forward and, and uh, accept that love. If you believe that Jesus is your Savior... Um, we, we are told in Scripture that if we believe that Jesus died on the cross for us and for our sins, uh, if we will just repent, decide to turn and start living um, the way hopefully this woman started living, in God's way, and are baptized into Christ, uh, we will receive the forgiveness of our sins. And the Holy Spirit will come and live within us. And then we can go out and share that love to others. So maybe there's somebody here that needs to do that or on Facebook. If you're watching, uh, give me a call. Let's talk about it. And we'll, 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 uh, we'll find out where you are in your walk with Christ and help you find the right path. Let's sing our closing song.